step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Actually, 
You know, it's interesting with the whole batted balls and play. Are you one of the guys that find batted balls and play more relevant for a pitcher or a hitter? I actually use it, I would say, pretty evenly for both. I use it a little bit differently, though. Uh, but, you know, I mean, when when John Lester, a guy who's had, I mean, a very solid career, has a bat to the 434, that shows you that luck hasn't been on his side and more so that now's a good time to buy low. Whereas for a hitter, I use it to judge, like, for a hitter, you have to look at, you know, if you're hitting line drives or using fly balls. That indicates, like, you know, is it going to increase or decrease a bit. But where, for a pitcher, when you see it's at 434, and you just know it's going to get a lot better than that. He's Mike Florio, Tony Scott at DailyRoto.com. We're going to break down Friday's action in Major League Baseball and get you ready. I'll tell you what, it was a great afternoon for me over at FanDuel because, um, I swept my games there in the one-pitcher uh, games, and I went with Max Scherzer. At DraftKings, somehow my guys didn't hit enough because I had Max Scherzer and I had David Phelps. Of course, my co-host, Nando Defino was pushing David Phelps this morning. I went with him, and it didn't get it done. I just didn't get enough hits this morning. You would think with using David Phelps, you'd be able to get a lot of big bats in your lineup. Yeah, I did. Sometimes the big guys don't come through for you. That's why I tell you all the time. Pay for predictability in pitching, and we can go from that and knock it out of the park because even if you get some of the big bats, they don't get it done. I had Giancarlo Stanton. I had Martin Prado, and after that, it was nothing else. I had those two guys absolutely getting it done. And the first game that we're going to look at for tomorrow, Alex Wood takes on Aaron Harang in Philadelphia. Uh, the total in this game is 7.5. Now, Wood is a guy that his control's been a little off to start the year, but he's one of the top pitchers against one of the worst offenses here. Now, we don't like usually using pitchers in Philadelphia when we have a full night slate, uh, but Wood is definitely a guy in play and is not an elite price out there in the daily fantasy market. Yeah, it's funny you bring this up. I was actually going to say Wood is a guy who's going to be in a ton of my lineups tomorrow. Uh, I know we say you don't like to use a pitcher in Philly, but Philly is dead last in run scored this year. And Wood, I've watched him a lot. I I have a lot invested in him. He has not had his best stuff this year. His K for nine is down. His walks are a little up. I I think he's gonna. This is gonna be a game where he has a very solid outing, and I think he's gonna against the Phillies lineup, which is stacked with left-handed hitters, especially. I think he's gonna be a very strong pitcher, and his price isn't nearly as what you would pay if you want to use a guy like a Felix Hernandez. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And from a hitter standpoint, I'm probably going to lay off this game. We have a low total of 7.5, even though in a great offensive environment. Aaron Harang has pitched as well as as you would expect from Aaron Harang. Last year, you know, people don't realize he had the 25 quality starts, and this year he's just getting it done. He's not anything special. He's not anything uh, at this stage of his career that's going to blow people away, but he pitches competitively every time out. And it's two lineups that aren't going to scare anybody. No, not at all. Washington, <laughs> Miami, seven total in this one. Uh, you have it, uh, Jordan Zimmerman and Matt Latos. Latos looked a little better last time out. Some of the uh, casinos out in Vegas have this game at seven and a half. Um, Jordan Zimmerman against Miami in a great hitter's ballpark. 
Uh, Zim got lit up one big game here, but he comes into play against a Marlins offense that didn't quite live up to expectations, and I thought it was overrated uh, anyway. Kirsten Yelich absolutely scuffling. Uh, you saw Gene Carlos Stanton uh, hit a sixth home run today. He's going to continue to get it done, uh, but I thought Gordon overhit to start the season. He's coming back to the pack. I like Zimmerman in this one. I do too, but to change it up a bit, I actually like Stanton a lot in this lineup as well, in this uh, matchup as well. I think he's a guy who people are going to see is going against Zimmerman and they're going to avoid that matchup. They're not going to want to pay up for it, but as you say, he has six home runs already. He's he's hot at the moment, plus on his career, he's 7 for 26 against Zimmerman with three home runs. To me, I think he's a play. He's going to be avoided by a lot of owners, and if you want to go contrarian a bit, I think he's a nice person to plug into your lineup. How do you feel about uh, if you're the type of player that you're going to take Jordan Zimmerman as your starting pitcher, uh, or even use him on two sites, on two pitcher sites? Do you feel like then you can't go Stanton? Like you can't go both sides of it? It's hard. I mean, you can, but I usually don't like to do that because then. Not even, like, both can be successful, but you kind of get into it like, oh, who am I going to root for here? But I think it's something you can do, but I usually try to avoid. And then, of course, Matthew Latos is a guy uh, that has absolutely struggled to start the year. His last performance was his best. I was concerned and don't own him any season-long leagues uh, coming into the year because last year we saw a huge drop in velocity, and I thought a lot of people in the fantasy community, thought he was going to be okay because of the shift in ballparks and basically masking for a guy that's been ineffective. Uh, what's your thoughts on Latos in this one? I don't like Latos. And uh, righties are – I know it's a small sample size, but righties are crushing him this year. So if you want to plug in like a, a Zinnerman or a, a Desmond, I'm all for it. I, I'm probably going to have a few nationals in, in some of my lineups tomorrow. You're going after Matt Latos and all those tattoos. Do the tattoos scare you away? <laughs> He's not a guy I'd want to be walking down an alley and run into, but when it comes to, you know, fantasy, I'm okay picking on him. Now, uh, do you have any tattoos? I have one. Really? One's not too bad. Yeah, no one one? no one knows about it. It's at a spot like no one could really see, so why would you put it why would you bother getting a tattoo if no one could see it? Well, it's, I mean, it's on my, I have it on my ribs, so people can see it, but, you know, like, if I go to work or something, no one's going to see it. Oh, yes, because you're a a respectable newspaper journalist. (laughs) That is true. A a newspaper journalist respectable? I think so. I mean, I work for a newspaper, so I'd say yes. (laughs) Alito's pace on ball rate is 5.59 on the season. Uh, That is something not to embrace at all and definitely could lead to some offensive variance there. So I could absolutely see why we would go and throw in these Washington hitters. Now, Denon Span come back. Jason Worth is the guy, I think, uh, that could also uh, provide some power. Ryan Zimmerman, as you talked about uh, there. And when you talked about small sample size and being crushed, uh, by right, he's, he has a weight on base average of 580. That's an insane number. No, it is. And, I mean, his righties are getting on base at 565 on base percentage against him, 800 slugging. Like, they're just crushing this guy in the small sample size. His velocity is still down. 
his command is an issue. What's not to like if you know you're stacking hitters against him tomorrow? And Latos also last year had a 381 slugging percentage against him right right-handers and only 339 uh, lefty, so a little reverse splits going on there. So, Mike Florio, uh, good job pointing that out for the listener. No problem. <laughs> John Lester, Mike Leake, seven and a half total. Uh, you look at this one, you talked about correction for Lester. The Cincinnati, of course, a couple big left-handed bats there with Joey Voto and your guy, Jay Bruce. Yeah, I I don't know if I'm going to be using Lester in daily, but I would not be surprised if he has a solid outing. He's getting better each each start he makes. His numbers, if you just look at his numbers, they're he's been a, a victim of very bad luck. He's bound to bounce back. Eight nine ERA, but his FIP or FIP is only two point eight seven. His left on base percentage is extremely low. The bat hits high. He's gonna get back into form. He may not be the Lester we saw last year, but it's going to be closer to that guy than what we've seen so far this year. It is Mike Florio, Tony Sincata, DailyRoto.com, getting you ready for Friday, April 24th action in this one. And when you look at the game with the Chicago Cubs and the Cincinnati Reds in this one, and you look at it, Mike Leak on the mound in this one. Mike Leak is a guy we think we can always take advantage of, and he probably pitches a little better than we ever give him credit for. Uh, but we look at the Chicago Cubs. They're number 14 in the league against right-handed uh, pitching. So right in the middle of the pack, they don't excel. Um, anyone from the Cubs that jump out at you? Uh, I mean, lefties hit fair better against uh, Leak than righties do. So if you're using that, I'm thinking Rizzo. But Leak, like you said, he's a much, he, he pitches better than a lot of people give him credit for. So he's not a pitcher I think you're going to see him go in and think, all right, I could pick on this guy. I could stack against him or something like that. Yeah, over the short season and with a limited sample size, Stalin Castro is the guy absolutely lighting it up against right-handers right now uh, throughout the season. A 320 batting average against right-handed pitching. Uh, that's over, again, over a very small sample size so I don't want to get crazy. But if I go back to last season and we go back to 2014, he put up similar numbers against right-handed bats. Yeah, he And he's actually on a nice little hot streak right now as well, which I don't know if people take into consideration when setting their lineup. I like to use it. If a guy's in a big slump, you know, you may want to avoid using him. If a guy's hot, you may be more lenient to plug him in. See, I get a little. I, I go both ways on that, and a lot of times, I like a guy. I like it like a star player on a slump because I feel like, basically, if we have a history on him. We know he's going to correct uh, because he's done it for so long. So I don't have a problem with that. And then, secondly, the price has dropped most of the times there. So I, I feel like I'm getting an ad bonus. No, I agree. I try to like. Uh, I know Carlos Gonzalez has been slumping this year, so. Oh, there's been multiple days that where I'll plug him in, like, oh, he's going against the righty. He's going to have a big game. A lot of people are going to be avoiding him. Hasn't always worked out, but a lot of times when you win, it's because you use a, a big bat like that who's slumping for cheap, and a lot of people avoid him, and it works out in your benefit. St. Louis at the Milwaukee Brewers, good offensive ballpark, but only a 7.5 total with Carlos Martinez and Matt Garza. 
this is a game, Milwaukee's offense is actually, uh, with the injuries, one of the lowest in the league uh, to start the season. That being said, I don't believe that I will uh, go and roster Carlos Martinez in any levels. I'll tell you what, I watch this kid pitch, and a lot of times when you watch the games, you see things differently than the statistics. And he's all over the place, and he has some problems repeating his delivery. I'm a little concerned about uh, Carlos Martinez being a star, and I own him on a couple teams. Yeah, I actually I don't own him on many teams. I was bursting him last week, so I was kind of hoping he would get lit up, and I was watching him pitch, and his stat line seemed to me a lot better than how he actually looked while watching him. Yeah. So I get what you're saying where – I, I wouldn't trust him in a daily format just yet because people may look at his stat line and think, oh, he, this kid, is he's breaking out, he's great. But he doesn't look that good when you watch him. No, and you, if you watch his, his landing and his uh, delivery, he lands in a different spot every time. You'll see a lot of the an- analysts uh, in Major League Baseball point that out. And those are things that you get away with in Major League Baseball for a little time. And then they figure it out, and then you come home to roost because uh, Major League Baseball, as soon as you have a flaw in your delivery and you can't repeat it, they seem to take advantage of it. That's why it's the best baseball in the world. That is true. (laughs) So there we go. We got it with the St. Louis Cardinals and, of course, the Milwaukee Brewers there. How about Matt Garza? Are you looking to attack him with any of the bats there? Yeah, I am, because uh, righties fare well against him. I know it's small sample size on the year, but they're hitting 342 against him. And career-wise, Johnny Peralta, even though he doesn't know how to spell his first name right, one thing he can do right is hit off of Matt Garza, 14 for 34 in his career with a home run. And Matt Holliday is 11 for 28 against him in his career. Those are two hitters who, uh, if you're looking to pick on Garza, those are two guys that I like. Yeah, the Brewers have scored 40 runs on the season, and that includes 10 runs in the game uh, on Thursday night. Uh, they're actually 29th in Major League Baseball now, as the Phillies have 39. So that's how pathetic uh, the Brewers' offense has been thus far in the season. We have a big score in this one. San Francisco, Colorado, a 10 total. Chris Heston versus Eddie Butler. Now, Butler was a prospect in the Rockies organization. Heston really wasn't. He surprised people. I think this could come back to roost here, and I got to get my left-handed bats. But I got to ask you, what do you do with Carlos Gonzalez, who's not only struggling right now, he's not hitting the ball in the air, and if you don't hit the ball in the air, it's hard to get out of the park. I've, that's some interesting analysis right there. <laughs> no. I know I was just discussing it a little bit earlier about how I have used uh, Gonzalez against some righties this year and hasn't always worked out. For my notes that I, I made, I wrote, first name I wrote down in this game was Carlos Gonzalez because lefties fared well against Chris Heston. It's in Colorado. I could just see him blowing up. He really had very pedestrian numbers in the minors. I actually like him more in a seasonal format, but in Colorado, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attack him. Dickerson and Carlos Gonzalez are two hitters that I'm going to try and plug into a lot of lineups tomorrow. All right, and Justin Morneau would be the other one. Yeah. Okay, so here's the percentage. For whatever the reason is, and I don't know if it's injuries or what, Carlos Gonzalez has a fly ball rate right now of 29%. He has a 35% over his career. 
He has a ground ball rate at 45% for his career. He's 53% this year. Those have to correct to be an elite player. Uh, the other guy that's having huge ground ball rates right now is Kristen Yelich. He can't hit any balls in the air. And these are two guys that you just can't have success in this format without getting the ball in the air. More importantly for Yelich, he just can't stay in the lineup right now. We'll, we'll, blank, we'll, bring, we'll bring it out there tomorrow night. I agree with you. I'm going to attack Heston tomorrow night. He's a, he's an absolute fraud. Like, he is Pee Wee Herman <laughs> sitting in the movie theater with a paper bag. And the one thing, the hitter I like the most is Dickerson, just because, I mean, people even, I mean, he has this foot injury that may cause people to avoid him, but hit three home runs in the last two days. I think his foot yeah. feeling okay. I, I trust him. That that foot injury's been there the whole season, so don't worry about that. Well, you know what's interesting though when we talk about lefties. All right, so you go you go Dickerson, you take the shot with Gonzalez. Uh, I like Justin Morneau as well. And then for the fourth one, do you just go Charlie Blackman and play the four left-handed bats against Heston? I mean, Troy Tulowitzki's salary is so insane today. Uh, I, I could have won it over DraftKings if he got one hit today. Yeah, I would use Blackman except for maybe hard. I mean, their prices are all inflated because they're in Colorado, so it may be hard to fit all four into your lineup. And, you know, still have, like, two solid starting pitchers. So if there's anyone that I'm going to avoid, it's going to be Blackman. I agree with you. And, you know, well, the only thing is his price has dropped, too, with Cargo. So it's hard there because I have actually left him out of the lineup out of the four uh, recently and gone there. There just aren't that many great third basemen. Even though he doesn't get the left-handed advantage, uh, Nolan Arenado is always a good play. Yeah, and... I don't know. To me, it's just a lot of fun when I stack the Rockies because not only do they produce, they're guys I enjoy rooting for, so I will likely have Arenado in a couple leagues as well. It's interesting. You have a lot of fun stacking Rockies. Have you ever tried to date women? Yeah, believe it or not, I have. (laughs) Did you find that fun? Yes. What was more fun, dating women or stacking Rockies? It's really close, but I'm going to say dating women. All right. Pittsburgh and Arizona, (laughs) Garrett Cole and Josh Coleman. Now, I like Garrett Cole. I think it's a good spot for him. He's a 124 favorite. Eight total. The ballpark in Arizona, not great for pitchers. Garrett Cole pitches in a great pitcher's ballpark. Coming out of that, going against Arizona, uh, probably going to lay off him because uh, in the next game I talk about, there's a pitcher that I really like. Yeah, because of the reasons you stated, I don't see myself using Garrett Cole really at all tomorrow. I there's other there's just other pitchers I like for more I like more that are either cheaper or around the same price, and I'm going to use those guys. And on the Arizona side of things, Josh Culmenter uh, takes them out. Now Culmenter is one of those feast or famine guys. Like he's either going to shut everybody down, or he's going to let up seven runs in three innings. Which Josh Culmenter shows up tomorrow night? I'm thinking the bad Culmenter, the one you don't want to own. Culmenter is striking out. Get this K rate, 3.38. It's a small sample size, over 18 innings, but they're (laughs) terrible. Uh, Last year, over 179 innings, 5.77. 
How he's surviving in Major League Baseball is he doesn't walk anybody. But there's going to be opportunities, as he's obviously not fooling anyone, uh, to uh, take advantage of this Pittsburgh offensive lineup. Now, we've seen Stalin Marte put together a pretty good week. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon's been disappointing to fantasy owners. Uh, this could be a good time for him to break out. Uh, how do you tackle this from the Pittsburgh situation? Because you probably get a lot of Pirates actually uh, underpriced right now in Daily Fantasy. Yeah, when I'm if you're uh, looking to stack pirates, I'm looking more so at the left-handed bats in the order because lefties are, this season. I know it's all small sample size, but they're crushing commentary. Opposed to righties, are only batting 120 against him. Plus, a little looking a little bit into commentary's numbers, he really struggles at home, and I think that's because he pitches to contact. And in Arizona, that's not a park you want to pitch to contact in. So. The lefties in the the Pirates order are who I think you're looking to get into your lineup. Yeah, lefties had a 3.27 uh, weighted on base average of 2014 against them, and a 2.68 versus right-handed. Uh, so definitely the left-handers are there to go. Uh, get out your man Pedro Alvarez. You can dust him off and get him ready to go. Yeah, and he, the thing is, he probably won't be owned in too many leagues. Too many people are going to have like Chris Bryant in their lineup or something like that. So. A nice yeah. contrarian play there. There you go. L.A. and San Diego. Zach Greinke, Andrew Kashner. Six and a half total to make you laugh. I know it's a new and improved San Diego offense. They're coming back from Colorado. I like Zach Greinke in this one. I think Zach Greinke uh, ends up being a strong play. And for whatever the reason, it seems like people don't like equate Zach Greinke with the elite pitchers in Major League Baseball. Yeah, he always goes under the radar, even in season-long leagues. Like, before the year, he gets rated more as, like, a a solid number two starting pitcher, where I think you can make the case that he's a low-end, like, number one for most teams. So, same thing could be said in daily, although he is, on DraftKings, the second most expensive pitcher tomorrow. Whatever the reason is, Zach Greinke, though, has started out slow out of the box in 19 innings, he has 6.41 strikeouts, which is low for him. Last year, coming off a 9.21, uh, but he's walking less than a batter uh, per nine is Granky. So uh, getting it done there, and the strikeouts should uh, move up. Against the San Diego team, yeah, it's great. Matt Kemp, Justin Upton, Will Myers, I get it. I still watch a lineup that consists of uh, Nando's boy, Jed Jerko. Uh, we had some new guy playing second base today. Yelverde uh, Salate, forget about it. He'll be fine against this team. This is a, that's a lineup though, where yeah, they can do damage, but they're kind of like the Braves were last year. They're they're going to strike out a lot. They can kill you with the long ball and maybe piece together some hits, but that's an order I think a lineup where I think his strikeouts could start to increase against. We could have some runs scored in Baltimore, Boston. They have a nine total. Rick Porcello and a Miguel Gonzalez go at it. This one, a battle of right-handed pitching here. Uh, you look at Manny Machado hitting two home runs tonight. He's looking back. He's ready to go. Travis Snyder will be a left-handed bat that you'll be looking at against Rick Porcello. Porcello doesn't strike people out. His whole job is to try to get the ball and pitch to contact. Uh, Chris Davis will be another guy that should be well-owned tomorrow night. Yeah, and rightfully so. It was just earlier in the week where uh, Baltimore 
if I'm, yeah, earlier in this week, Baltimore uh, kind of lit up uh, Rick Porcello. So I don't think too much has changed in just five days. <laughs> well, you say that. Um, did you ever go like? Did you ever go to your high school prom? Yes. Well, five days before that, your life was probably different. I mean, unless Rick Porcello went back to his high school prom. (laughs) (laughs) You don't think he did? I I hope not for his sake. That would be kind of sad. (laughs) We'll see how Rick Porcello's prom is going here. It's uh, none other than Mike Leone, Tony Cicada from DailyRoto.com. And, of course, you can hear us right here on the Fantasy Sports Network. And Cleveland and Detroit go at it. Danny Salazar. This is the guy I have on every team. I didn't cut him. I knew he'd be back. He's a huge strikeout machine. That being said, the Detroit Tigers have a great pitching ballpark, but they got a pretty good batting order. I'm very sad. Like, I'm sad that I can't use Danny Salazar tomorrow. Yeah, he's a guy in uh, in actually one of my season-long leagues. I went to scoop him up, but I did not nearly bid as much. He went for $26. But in daily formats, he's a guy who can be very useful. But tomorrow night, like you said, he it's not the night. You're never going to use a starting pitcher against Detroit with that lineup. Uh, it would be interesting, that, you know, in tournaments uh, to take a shot because he, he has uh, some guys over there with some strikeout abilities. But I, I just can't see how you could go there and, and be comfortable with Salazar. You can't use him in cash games. Uh, if you're only playing one or two lineups, I don't think you can go that route. So you got to let that one go. Uh, right now, the Detroit Tigers, a situation where they had a, a tough series against the New York Yankees, uh, but they could be right back at it. Yeah, and actually the opposing pitcher in this game is one I'm very high on. Shane Green has been awesome this year, to say the least. And he's versing the Indians, who, while they have a good lineup on paper, are really struggling this year. They're 28th in the league in runs coming into the day. Shane Green just seems to, every outing he has, he goes eight innings and 80 pitches, and then he hands it over to the bullpen. And he's relatively cheap on DraftKings. He's only $7,100, so he's going to be in my lineup tomorrow. The Tigers are 21st in Major League Baseball in strikeout percentage, 19.5% on the season. Let me ask you, though, about Shane Green. The one negative I have, and it's hard when the guy uh, didn't allow a run in the first two games, uh, and I believe one run in the second game, he's just not striking people out. Um, I'm surprised at the lower strikeout numbers. Which I actually think is going to come around. He showed last year with the Yankees. He's a strikeout per inning guy. He throws hard. I was thinking he could get nine, average like nine strikeouts per nine. So his number at 4.3 is just entirely too low for me. I think that's going to come around. And I think the Indians are a team that it could start to come around against. Yeah, I actually like the Green-Salazar matchup there. Uh, So you can guys jump on that with Shane Green tomorrow night as well. I support my guy Mike Florio on this one. Toronto and Tampa Bay go at it. R.A. Dickey and Drew Smiley getting the start in this one. This game is in Tampa, which is a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Uh, Tampa just beat the Boston Red Sox 2-1 uh, to one in that contest tonight. I am going to lay off this one uh, from both a pitcher 
and a hitter standpoint. Now, Smiley and Josh Donaldson crushes lefties. Uh, Donaldson would be a guy that you could be uh, in this one. Yeah, you could use him. Uh, I do agree with you, though. I'm not touching either starting pitcher, mainly because it's Smiley's first start back. Really, I I at least want to see what he has, look at him, make sure he's fully healthy before I, you know, pay to use him. And Ari Dickey is just way too inconsistent for me. Maybe in a season-long league you use him, but in a daily format, you never know just exactly which Dickey you're going to get. And his walks are through the roof so far this year. He's given up the long ball a lot. I'm staying away. Absolutely getting it done. Our guy, Mike Florio, Tony Scott of the DailyRoto.com podcast. Kansas City and the Chicago White Sox. Danny Duffy, Jose Quintana, a battle of left-handed pitchers in this one. Now, Kansas City is one of those teams that you can't pick on because they don't strike out. And they've been actually hitting the ball this year. Uh, But notoriously over the last couple of years, even when they underperformed before last year's magical season, they wouldn't strike out. They're striking out 11% of the time right now in baseball. The second best team is 16% of the time, and that's the New York Mets, if you can believe it or not. And, yeah, the Mets are playing great, but if you're trying to convince me into using Jose Quintana tomorrow, it's impossible. I know not everyone believes in, like, oh, you struggle against a certain team, but the Royals own Quintana in his career. In 13 starts, he's 0-6 with a 4.66 ERA, 1.36 whip. And earlier this year, we saw it. They continue to hit well against him. He went five innings, gave up nine hits and five runs, only four Ks. And it's not like, you know, there's just one guy who career hits well against him. Renzo Cain hits over 300. Uh, Salvador Perez absolutely crushes Quintana in his career. If you're looking in his career, if you're looking for a catcher to use tomorrow, Perez is an option I like a lot. Mike Nisakas hits well against his career, and he's hitting better than ever this year. So Quintana is a pitcher I'm definitely avoiding tomorrow. Texas and the Angels. Garrett Richards coming back from an injury, pitched our last game out. Uh, we have different casinos have seven and a half and eight totals in this one. And he did not pitch well, but he'll be back at it for a second start. Wandy Rodriguez gets the start for the Texas Rangers. Uh, left-handed pitcher, of course. So Mike Trout is definitely coming into play here. Angels ballpark doesn't play very good for hitter standpoints at night here. I am probably not going to consider Albert Pujols in this game. And from the Texas side against Garrett Richards, got to be honest, he, Prince, uh, Chief Prince Fielder, uh, there's better options. Not a lot, anything I can look at the Texas side and jump on. I agree. And, you know, I'm extremely big fan of Garrett Richards, even though I won't be using him in many of my daily lineups tomorrow. He's the third most expensive pitcher. Not sure if he's fully backed it from that injury, but I still don't trust Fielder or really any of the Rangers hitters to kind of use against him. I would use Trout. Maybe that's about it in this game. Here you go. Battle of lefties again. Houston going at it with Oakland. Scotty Kazmir and Dallas Keuchel going at it. Now, the one interesting thing here, Houston is a team that strikes out a ton. But over the last couple years, they've actually hit better against lefties than they do righties. That being said, Scott Kazmir is on the table tomorrow night. 
I would not be opposed to using him. I don't know if he's one of my favorite pitchers for tomorrow. There's a few I like more than him, but anyone who versus uh, Houston, they're going to get the strikeouts. The one caveat to that is uh, they've actually been hitting the ball a bit better lately, and pretty much anyone in their order besides maybe Jose Altuve is a threat to take you deep at any point. So you can't just throw any pitcher out against Houston, but I like Casimir tomorrow. Houston has the fourth worst strikeouts in Major League Baseball against lefties thus far. Uh, They're at 27%. That being said, their weighted on base average, 313, is not that bad, actually, against left-handers right now in Major League Baseball. Uh, The 313 would actually put them uh, in weighted uh, on base average at number 16 in Major League Baseball. So they're midpoint weighted base on average, but still strike out against lefties. So I guess they strike out against lefties, righties. They'd probably strike out against donkeys. <laughs> Me and you could probably go strike out a couple of their hitters. There we go. Chris Cotta, we're coming for you. Minnesota, Seattle, <laughs> Felix Hernandez and Philip Hughes. I always say you pay for pitching. I like Shane Green. I like Scott Kazmir. I like Zach Greinke. I don't know how you get a better matchup than Felix Hernandez. The one thing that I'll say, again, Minnesota, very poor hitting team, but not one of the teams that strike out the most in Major League Baseball right now. That's true, but against a guy like Felix, I mean, he's just he's going to get his strikeouts, I think, at least. Uh, he always gets his man. Is that what you're saying? Felix Hernandez, a man that gets his man? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's my just, favorite pitcher for tomorrow, but I'm sure he's everyone's favorite pitcher for tomorrow. So he's going to be one yeah. of those guys when, you know, you're looking at your lineup, it's going to say, like, 60% owners or something like that next to him. So Yeah, so I I, uh, I researched my research, and against right-handed pitching, Minnesota's actually uh, the fifth worst in strikeouts in Major League Baseball, 23%. So based on that and based on their offense, based on the great pitchers ballpark, I don't know how you don't play Felix Hernandez. The only reason I could see not using Felix Hernandez is if you think, oh, everyone's going to have Felix. Let me pay down for a pitcher who I think could produce somewhat similar to him and then stack on my hitting. There you go. Final game of the night, Jacob DeGroom and Michael Pineda. Yankees-Mets rivalry this early in the season. Seven and a half total in this one. You got this. You got to love it. I'll tell you right now, I don't love it from a pitching standpoint because I've talked about, I think these guys both have an opportunity for a decent outing. There's no doubt about it. But I've outlined some of the guys there, and Jacob DeGroom is not cheap. Michael Pineda is not cheap. And I like the Shane Greens, Felix Hernandez, is a lot better, and the Zach Greinke's better uh, than I do this game. I like those guys that you mentioned. I also like Alex Wood better, personally. Yep. But yep. I, you can't go wrong if you decide, hey, I want to plug in a Jacob DeGrom or a Pineda as my number two pitcher. But there's guys, obviously, that we both like more. There you go. You have it, the Daily Roto Podcast with Mike Florio, Tony Sincata. We're here Monday through Friday. First thing you get up in the morning, make sure you check dailyroto.com and check out your podcast and get ready for your drive to work and be ready to go. Uh, great job, Mike. It was great having you here and getting it done from a Major League Baseball perspective. So what's up with Mike Florio's weekend? 
Well, I'm a big Mets fan, so I will be at at least at some point watching that Subway Series, and hopefully the Mets can continue this winning streak. And besides that, not sure yet what's on tap just yet. There you have it. He'll be watching the Mets. What will you be doing? You should be heading over to DailyRoto.com. Make sure you get the premium subscription and having success in Daily Fantasy. We're out of here. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.